Hello and welcome to Lend Us Your Ears. My name's Tom and I'm here with librarians Becca and Anna. This month we're looking back on Black History Month, talking about what we've read and what we did to mark the month. Have either of you got a book you'd love to recommend? Oh, absolutely. I feel like there's just so many good books and it's so hard to just think about one. The one that comes to mind immediately is a brilliant book. It's called In Every Mirror She's Black and it's by Lola Akinmaid Ankerstrom and it's phenomenal. It's just the best, best, best book. And I just want I everyone to read it. I loved it. Yeah. You've read it as well. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely brilliant. What did you love about it, Becca? Well, should we introduce it for Tom? Because you haven't read yeah, it, have you, that's Tom? Fair. I not. That's fair. No. I got too excited so, there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's about three black women and they become linked in sort of unexpected ways to this influential white man in Stockholm. So the book is about their journeys and how they come to be linked to him and what that means and how they um, come to be in Sweden. So it's about successful marketing executive Kemi, who is lured from the US where she lives to Sweden by Johnny von London, who is our protagonist. And she sort of headhunted to help fix this PR disaster of this marketing firm run by Johnny and they'd done this racially tone-deaf campaign so she's brought in to fix that sort of make the company successful again. Whilst Johnny is travelling one day in business class on a flight he bumps into Brittany Ray who is a flight attendant on the flight and they form a relationship so that's how she becomes involved with him but then there's also refugee um, Muna who lost her entire family and she ends up cleaning the toilets at Johnny's office and so the book goes through how they get on in Stockholm it's told through each of their three perspectives and it's a real like contemporary novel um, about issues of racism classism mm. tokenism and what I would say is it's just I don't want to give anything away but it's utterly haunting mm, like you just absolutely. need to talk about it with someone when you finished it right yeah I remember I've I finished reading it and I was in the car with my husband and I gasped at the ending and he was like what what and I was like I've just finished the most amazing book and then I think I did tell him about it which I now regret because I really want him to read it so I didn't <laughs> yeah. spoil the ending for him but absolutely I absolutely agree Becca it's it is haunting it's heartbreaking I think what I love about the book is that it's not oh we're just going to do like a nice happy ending just to wrap things up because that's not the reality of what it's like as a black woman in Stockholm. It's not like all these three women you know come together in Stockholm they're all linked and then they all form this brilliant friendship and yeah. have a have a lovely life they're just sort of cleverly woven slightly together so their paths mm. cross more and more but they don't they're not necessarily they don't have relationships with each other it centers around Johnny doesn't it yeah who is a very interesting character very I say interesting in quite a loaded way it's so hard to talk about a book as well when there are so many twists and turns and you don't want to give any spoilers I honestly urge every person listening to this to go and read the book if you haven't I went to a author event at a furry books in Brighton where I got the absolute pleasure of seeing Lola speak and she also was speaking with Nikki May who wrote another brilliant book called Wahala that I would absolutely totally 
totally recommend if you haven't read it already. She's amazing. And I met her afterwards and I absolutely fangirled and was like, oh, I loved your book. You're really? amazing. <laughs> and she was so sweet and so lovely. And she, I don't know if this is a little exclusive, but she did say that she was working on a second book. This was her debut. This Am was I right? Yeah, this was yeah. Her, so she is really interesting. She is like a photographer. She had written books about Sweden. But yeah, this was her first sort of debut novel. And she was talking about how it took ages for sort of publishers to sort of pick it up. It's not an easy story to read. It's a very complicated and complex and nuanced book. But it is so important. And it's, yeah, I think just one of the best books I think I've read. And I've read quite a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was her debut novel. And what a debut. Just absolutely smashing it. She's brilliant. Tom, have we convinced you to pick up a copy? I think I'll give it a go, yeah. I'll have it to read file. <laughs> then we can yeah. all talk about it. Absolutely. I know that there are copies in West Sussex libraries available. Go to your local library, pick one up. I was going to put forward um, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Skloot. It's one I actually read a few years ago. It was part of a book group. I can't really remember who picked it, but it's quite a bold choice to go with a non-fiction especially one that isn't strictly speaking a biography and the whole group loved it so the book opens with the tragic death of the titular character Henrietta Lacks she quickly loses her battle with cervical cancer but the cancer cells in question were used in scientific research because they had incredible properties like benefited the whole scientific world and wow. you're, you're essentially you're you're following the journalist Rebecca Skloot as she's trying to track down some of Henrietta's descendants in the process of books asking real questions about consent and class and race because she didn't know she was donating her cells or what they'd be used for so even wow. though they've been so vitally important that might not have been what she'd have wanted in the book generally it does the really tricky thing of making a very complicated topic really accessible and i don't think anyone disliked the book as well and it was quite this particular reading group there were quite strong voices and there was never a book everyone liked so that was really positive you just get to know so many good big characters in her tracking down the family and yeah i'd recommend it to anyone it sounds absolutely fascinating, raises so many sort of issues I imagine that you've discussed at your book group and how people felt about the issues raised. I've seen it in the library and um, I'll have to pick up a copy. What era is it set in? In terms of when the actual research is being done, I think it is like early noughties, maybe to the 2010s. I think it's around that. I can't remember how long previously Henrietta Lacks herself died, but I mean, certainly 20th century. Where was she based? Was she in the UK or was she America? Or... Uh, America. It's fascinating, I guess, when it comes to the idea of consent what happens to your cells? You don't even really think about it. Yeah, it's really just the idea that in some way she's lived on. What was her family's reaction? Can you say? Um, it was a real mix. Some yeah. some absolutely didn't want to know and were angry about it. One particular character, and I wish I could remember her name, was like really into it and just researched so much and just re really saw the cells as just being a continuation of her yeah. relative. And yeah, it's just a real fascinating read. Anna, do you have any recommendations? Yes, I think I'm going to have to talk about a book that I mentioned earlier, and it is Wahala by Nikki May. The book event that I went to at Afrori Books was with Lola Kimay Ankerstrom and also Nikki May. She's also a debut author. She used to work in advertising. She'd created this book and just published it to much acclaim. It is brilliant. It's about three mixed race friends in London, sort of dealing with hopes and love and the realities of life. And then this other character comes in and really disrupts their friendship group, disrupts their day to day and causes utter chaos. It is so 
horrifying to watch and so enthralling and you're just hooked and you're like what is happening why is she doing this they all have no idea that she's pretty much just destroying everything and then it just gets darker and darker i'm not going to give any spoilers away equally the same with in every mirror she's black it doesn't really have a happy ending which again i without sounding sinister i quite like hopefully what happens in the book isn't the reality because it is very dark it's a very interesting mix of genres it's like slightly thrillery slightly female friendship based and it's just it's brilliant and also i think it's being made into a tv series i don't know when that's coming out definitely make sure to read the book first and then wait for the tv series definitely going on my list yeah it sounds right up my street yeah Becca you'll love it I think you will as well Tom you've both been involved in some of the planning around what West Sussex libraries have done for Black History Month are you able to share some of the things that we did yeah, so uh, across the library service in October, October being Black History Month, um, we promoted our Black Stories Matter book list. So if you're on the website, which we'll put in the show notes, you will find a list for adults. So fiction titles, non-fiction titles. We've also got um, lists for children and young people, titles that we want to recommend, highlight um, Black stories and Black experiences and to educate ourselves and others and perhaps start conversations yeah absolutely it features some of the books that we've talked about today there are so many brilliant books out there and so we just thought it would be a great way to collate all the books that we love and all the books that are on our to read lists as becca said just for people to read something that they wouldn't necessarily pick up or educate themselves a bit more particularly the non-fiction books with some brilliant non-fiction books by black authors such as why i'm no longer talking to white people about race by renietto lodge or my name is why by lem Cezay. if you haven't checked it out yet we'll put a link in our notes as becca says and it's definitely worth looking at and everything on our list is available in libraries or on our e-library as well yeah so like i listened to girl woman other by bernardine Evaristo after it made that list and obviously it's received lots of acclaim so Mm. thank you for recommending that one to me the only downside of listening to it as an e-audiobook was that I didn't get to see like the way it was written in print form because I believe having now looked at the book there's like no punctuation and it all just sort of flows it's written at sort of the format is sentences but there just isn't that punctuation Mm. so that was really interesting to see but I highly recommend the Libby app because it was completely free to download and I could just drive around listening to it in in the car and it was something that I probably well I hadn't made time to read as a book but it was um, super easy to get hold of that way too. Anna should we talk about our event that we had at Crawley Library towards the end of October? Yes please. We had the opportunity to work with this amazing South London arts organisation called Oxygen Arts and we did a film screening of their short film Two and a Half Questions. Two and a Half Questions is an exploration of the lives and aspirations of the Windrush generation and those who came after them. So working with a group of young people, Clovis Lowe, the filmmaker, captured interviews with people of Caribbean and African heritage from all walks of life, from lawyers and dancers to politicians, social workers and entrepreneurs. The film was a chance for young people in Lambeth to learn how to make a documentary style film and learn practical skills along the way, such as camera work, editing and sound. And this was all taught by the director Clovis Lowe and the producer Marsha Lowe through their works in the arts organisation Oxygen Arts. The end result is a film that is authentic, eye-opening and just incredibly important. 
So the film Two and a Half Questions, it's very simply shot. It's people in front of a white backdrop just answering these two and a half questions. It just really makes the interviewee's story stand out and speak for themselves. The questions, how has your race shaped who you are? What is your hope for the future? How old are you? What do you do? So there's two and a half questions, then there's a little bonus one as well at the end. But each person had a different experience and a different story to tell. There was 14-year-olds up to 86-year-olds. So it's a wide range of people that were interviewed, which gave just such a good perspective on everybody's different experiences. So interviewees in the film, they share their experiences from school, from the workplace, even looking at some of their own children's experience today. And it gave real insight into the harsh realities faced and the racism experienced, the need to work twice as hard to get anywhere and the idea that they will always be being seen as other. It was an incredibly powerful film. Becca, have you got any thoughts about the film itself? It was absolutely fascinating and opened my my eyes to a lot of different people's experiences. And I think the film in itself was brilliant, but we were so lucky to have Clovis and Marsha come to the film screening and at the end did a Q&A with audience questions, with questions from the audience. And that, in some ways, was even more powerful than the film itself because within the room and the audience and the staff and Clovis and Marsha, we had such high-quality discussions about race and people's experiences of being black, being white, experiences from school. The audience was a mixed, diverse audience, so we could compare experiences experiences at times there was some challenging people challenged each other and that's all really important to listen to and and be a part of absolutely I loved that Q&A bit it felt like such a privilege to be there and just be able to be part of it and hear everybody's experience and especially listen to Marsha and Clovis talking about not only about the film and about the people in the film but sort of bringing such like an organic discussion about those really important topics yeah, we probably chatted it. for like 45 minutes an hour yeah I feel, like we could, I feel like we could have gone on I feel like we if done. we didn't have a time limit we could have just been there all afternoon just chatting it was great that all sounds fantastic it was amazing the next project sounds incredible as well so they were able to tell us that they are interviewing black British ballet dancers and doing a documentary style film about them when that comes out that'll be really interesting I can't wait to see it fantastic watch this space we hope that you enjoyed that conversation we'll have information on the books we spoke about and the reading lists in the show notes make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes by subscribing to Lend Us Your Ears happy reading thanks to Anna and Becca I'm Tom and the music was Happy Clappy Ukulele by Shane Ivers at silvermansounds.com